بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على من كان نبيا وبآدم بين الماء والطين صلوات الله وسلامه على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمن بالخير وبك نستعين يا فتاح رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل لقطة من لساني يفقه قولي رب زدني علما والحقني بالصالحين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم سبحانك لا فهم لنا إلا ما فهمتنا إنك أنت الجواد الكريم My dear respected elders, brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh just like our Prophet Muhammad described with immense specification the emergence of Isa السلام, from every possible standpoint, he likewise described the surfacing of the Dajjal. The key principle here too was to prove transparency which in return will allow ease of distinction. Who is he? What are his features? What will be his function? And the indicative signs of his appearance are the key factors I intend to address relative to this topic today. Also, inshallah, time remaining, I intend to close with a brief description of the Mahdi. I implore Allah the Almighty, the wise, to open our hearts to the truth its comprehension and its, and its acceptance. Amin Ya Rabbil Alameen. The fact that he is a topic of importance, and I quote, can be understood by just one hadith of our beloved Muhammad wasallam, in which he posed the ummah to contemplate upon certain blessings, all of which are taken for granted. It is narrated from Abu Hurairah may Allah be pleased with him, that Rasulullah said, hasten to good deeds before seven, i.e. seven deadlines. Are you waiting for poverty to make you oblivious? Or wealth to turn you into an oppressor? Or debilitating illnesses? Or hoary senility? Or sudden death, or Dajjal, the Antichrist, what a loathsome weight, or the hour of resurrection. Indeed, the hour is hardest to bear and most bitter. Hadith of Imam Tirmidhi narrated it and he declared it as Hassan while. Hakim declared its chain Sahih. This is the one hadith. And the one prayer which Rasulullah frequently supplicated by. It is narrated by Aisha ta'ala that the Apostle of Allah used to invoke Allah in the prayer saying Allahumma inni a'udhu baka min adhab al-qabr wa'udhu baka min fitnat masih al-dajjal wa'udhu baka min fitnat al-mahya wa fitnat al-mamat O Allah I seek refuge with you from the punishment of the grave and from the afflictions of masih al-dajjal the 
Antichrist and from the afflictions of life and death. The change in the weather had been sudden and dramatic. Tossing the small fishing vessel around like a piece of floatsome. Until it was no more than just that. Its crew, a group of Sahaba radiallahu anhum, companions of Rasulullah were washed up onto the shore of a foreign beach. When they regained consciousness, they found that they had all that they needed, which was their lives, and they had survived the wreck. They decided to explore the island to see whether they could find something to help them, maybe supply them with a boat. It wasn't long before they met a woman washing her hair in a rock pool. She directed them to a cave, managing to convey to them that there was someone there who wanted to speak with them. Intrigued by her statement, they entered the cave. Within, they found a short man with only one eye, chained to the cavern wall. Right away, he began to ask them questions, whether certain events had taken place or not. They answered truthfully because this was their nature. They could feel the evil of this man like a physical presence. When they had confirmed all that he had asked, the man said, Alas, my time is near. The companions managed to get off the island and return home safely. Upon arriving, they told their story to the Prophet Muhammad It was then that they first heard of Dajjal, the Dark Messiah. Also known as the Antichrist, we find the following definition on him. In the Hutchinson's Encyclopedia, and I quote, Antichrist in Christian theology is the opponent of Christ. The appearance of the Antichrist is believed to signal the second coming, at which Christ would conquer his opponent. The concept may stem from the idea of conflict between light and darkness, which is present in Persian, Babylon, and Jewish literature, and which influences early Christian theology. And I quote, My dear friends, there are three aspects of Dajjal. Number one, the individual. Number two, a worldwide social and cultural phenomenon. And number three, an unseen force. The latter two aspects of Dajjal have been explained and outlined brilliantly by Ahmed Thomas in his book Dajjal, The King Without Clothes. Through intense research, he has managed to write a brilliant account of scary facts that bring home the full weight of reality. He explains a social and cultural phenomenon of, as a system that is being prepared by the minions and followers of Dajjal through which he will operate and spread his evil. He also elaborates upon the unseen force.
At this time, I intend to unveil the first aspect, which is the individual. The book of Revelation by John, the New Testament, contains prophecies regarding the Antichrist. However, over the times, many alterations have occurred in the original text, and the commentaries have deviated from the actual meanings. That and the lack of consistency have left it in doubt of reliability and accuracy. Hence, there only remains the hadith of the noble Prophet as the only accurate source of information. In a hadith narrated by Imran ibn Hussein, the Prophet said, Since the birth of Adam till the advent of Qiyamah, the day of judgment, there is no fitna, there is no tribulation much greater than that of Dajjal, hadith of Muslim. In anyone's book, Dajjal is an embodiment of evil. A wise man once said, Know your enemies and keep them close to you. By knowing them, you know your weaknesses, thus neutralizing their potency. There are many hadith which describe Dajjal's appearance, his height, and his powers. Why? So that you and I may know our enemy. Ubaid ibn Samit radiallahu narrates that the last Prophet said, I have explained Dajjal to you, but I fear that you might have not understood. Masihud Dajjal will be short and his legs will be crooked. The hair on his head will be extremely twisted. He will have one eye while his other eye will be flat. It will be neither deep nor protruding. Ibn Umar narrates from the last Prophet regarding Dajjal, red complexion, fat, curly-haired man, blind in the right eye, which looks like a bulging grape, this hadith of Bukhari. In a hadith of Bukhari, narrated by Anas the Prophet said, No Prophet was sent, but they had that he warned his people against the one-eyed liar, the Dajjal. Beware, he is blind in one eye and your Lord is not so. And there will be written between his eyes the word kafir, disbeliever. This hadith is also quoted by Abu Hurairah and Ibn Abbas According to many ahadith describing the jah, the most distinguishing feature on his, of his face besides the bulging eye will be the Arabic letters kaf, Fa ra on his forehead. These letters spell kufr or disbelief. All believers, regardless of their literacy, will decipher these letters. It has also been ascertained. It has also been ascertained from the hadith that he will emerge from between Syria and Iraq. And his emergence will become known when he is in Isfahan, ya Asfahan, at a place called Judea. In the life of our Prophet over 20 times he pointed to the east. He pointed to the east and prophesied the emergence from that direction. Jerusalem, my dear friends, is northwest of Medina. Dahran 
Bahrain, Iran fall in that direction. He will be of Jewish origin and the Jews of Isfahan will be his main followers. And they will refer to him as the Messiah. Hadith of Imam Muslim 7034 number hadith narrated by Anas ibn Malik that the Apostle of Allah said that Dajjal will be followed by 70,000 Jews of Isfahan wearing Persian shawls. As he goes on through the world, Jews and a great number of non-Jewish women will flock to him upon witnessing his false miracles. May Allah protect all of us from it. Imran ibn Hussein narrates that Prophet Muhammad said those who hear about Dajjal should stay away from him by Allah a person will approach him thinking himself to be a believer but on seeing his amazing feet he will become his follower Hadith of Abu Dawud we turn to the Bible in Revelation 19 the beast was taken and with him the false prophet who wrought miracles who brought miracles before him with which he deceived them and I quote the miracles and feats spoken by the Prophet and John the writer of the book of revelations are further clarified by the hadith narrated by Hudayfa radiallahu and he says and I quote Dajjal will be blind in the right eye he will have thick hair on his body and he will also have paradise and hell with him though his paradise will appear as Jannah in reality it will be hell and likewise though his hell will appear like Jahannam in reality it will be paradise it will be the opposite hadith of Muslim those who obey the dark messiah will enter his paradise and thus enter hell and those who denounce him will enter his hell and so shall in reality be entering paradise he will travel by means of a gigantic mule at impossible speeds he will cause droughts and famine upon those who reject him but the remembrance of the true lord will satiate him That the remembrance of the true Lord will satiate them. It will suffice those people. Ubad ibn Samad narrates from the noble Prophet If you still have doubts regarding him, i.e. the Dajjal, then remember your sustainer is not one-eyed. Ibn Umar narrates from the noble Prophet Allah is not one-eyed. While Masih Dajjal is blind in the right eye. Hadith of Bukhari. He will remain on the earth for a period of 40 days, on which the first day will be as long as the year, the second day as long as a month, the third as long as a week, and the rest will be normal in length. He will try to gain entry into the two holy cities, Mecca and Medina, but the angels who guard them will bar him from them. Hadith of Imam Bukhari, hadith number 9239, narrated by Anas ibn Malik that the Prophet said, Ad-Dajjal will come and encamp at a place close to Medina, and then Medina will shake thrice, whereupon every disbeliever and hypocrite will go out of Medina towards him. From there he will flee to Syria. 
where he will meet resistance from the forces of Imam Mahdi, the leader of the Muslims, then shall the battle between good and evil begin in earnest. Rasulullah addressed the people asking three times, Yawmul Khalas, what is Yawmul Khalas? Yawmul Khalas, what is Yawmul Khalas? Somebody asked, what is this Yawmul Khalas? The Prophet said, Dajjal will come and climb Mount Uhud. Then he will say to his friends, Do you see that white palace, Qasri Abyad? That is Ahmad's Masjid. Then he will come towards Medina Munawwara, but on every path he takes, he will encounter an angel with an unsheathed, uh, with an unsheathed sword. Then he will go towards Sabghatul Jarf and will strike his camp, and Medina Munawwara will be jolted thrice, as a result of which every hypocrite man and woman and fasiq. A habitually sinning individual, man and woman, will leave Medina and go to him. In this way, Medina will be purified of sinners. And this is Yawmul Khalas, the day of relief. Imam Hakim has related this hadith in his Mustadrak. The hadith is Sahih on the conditions of Imam Muslim. Imam Dahabi has corroborated this, and Allama Nasiruddin Al Albani also classified it as Sahih. Interesting point here, my dear brothers and sisters. When Dajjal sees Masjid Nabawi, والسلام, he will call it the Qasri Abyad, the White Palace. At that time, when Muhammad is saying this, when he was relating this to his companions, Masjid Nabawi was made out of simple mud. However, when Masjid Nabi is viewed from a height today, if you Google Earth it, it stands out from its surroundings looking like, looking like a white palace. Satellite pictures of Medina Munawwara, Masjid Nabi appears perfectly white and castle-like. This hadith is chilling in its implications for along with the other signs. It indicates that the time is ripe for the emergence of Dajjal. Abu Dawood, hadith number 4282, narrates from Mu'ad ibn Jabal an, that the Prophet said, The greatest war, the conquest of Constantinople, and the coming forth of Dajjal will take place within the period of seven months. Constantinople, my dear friends, is modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. Constantinople is located on the Bosphorus Strait, the waterway that connects the Black Sea to the Mediterranean. History will repeat itself once again. When they will be saying, we got you now, just as Fir'aun said as he approached Musa at the seashore, the Red Seashore, that we have you now Musa you cannot move forward, you cannot move backwards, now it's time for you to go. At that time what happened, similarly the same thing will happen here. Finally when the spirit of the Muslims began, begins to ebb, Isa will be commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to descend from the heavens. The water split for the salvation of Musa and his people. Now Isa will descend to salvage the remains of the true people.
He will not descend as a prophet, but as a follower of Prophet Muhammad and a follower of Islam. As already learned through the medium of the hadith, the event of Isa return and all that follows has been accurately accorded. Has been accurately recorded. He will descend on the Mount Afiq on the white eastern minaret of Damascus. After the prayer, Isa will prepare himself to do battle and shall take up a sphere. An army shall return from a campaign launched before his arrival. They shall bring glad tidings of victory over Khurasan, granted to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jesus shall set out in pursuit of Dajjal. All those who embrace the evil of Dajjal shall perish as the breath of Isa touches them. And the breath of Jesus, peace be upon him, shall precede him as far as the eye could see. Dajjal will be captured in Lydia or Babylud. The dark Messiah shall begin to melt as lead melts in fire. The spear of Isa shall plunge into Dajjal's chest, ending his dreaded reign. The followers of Dajjal will be rooted out, for even the trees and rocks will speak out against them. Remember the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the children of Israel. وَإِنْ عُدْتُمْ عُدْنَا وَإِنْ عُدْتُمْ عُدْنَا First it was the Babylonian army, then the Roman army, last it will be the Khurasani army, then all battles shall cease and the world will know an age of peace. Then truly the sheep will lie in the shadow of the wolf without fear. The rule of Jesus will be just and all shall flock to him to enter the folds of the one true religion, Islam. Just as the scenario has been foretold as a major sign to the approach of Qiyamah, similarly has been prophesied the sign of the arrival of Mahdi. Who is Imam Mahdi and what are the signs that will precede him? Let us know that Imam Mahdi is one of the signs of Qiyamah. And this is according to the belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And he has yet to appear. Abdullah ibn Masood has reported that the Prophet said, The world will not pass away before the Arabs are ruled by a man, referring to the Mahdi, of my family, whose name will be the same as mine. This is hadith of Imam Dawood. However, many people in the past falsely claimed to be the Mahdi. It should be noted that none of the claimants to be Mahdi in the past fulfilled the conditions laid down by Prophet Muhammad Some of these signs which will precede Imam Mahdi are as follows. And we need to know, we need to know this so that we Muslims are not misled to believe in somebody else claiming to be the Mahdi when in reality is a blatant liar. Number one, a general sign. There are many signs that will precede him. A general and very important sign is that he will come at a time when there is great confusion, intense disputes and violent deaths. When people are afflicted by disturbance and experiencing great fear, calamities will fall on the people. So much so that a man shall not find shelter. 
that man shall not find a shelter to shelter himself from oppression. There will be battles and fitna before his appearance. Every time a fitna has come to an end, another will start. And the spread will intensify. The people will be troubled to such an extent that they will long for death. It is then when Imam Mahdi will be sent. Abu Sayyid Khudri has reported that Rasulullah said, He will be sent at a time of intense disputes and differences amongst people and earthquakes. Hadith recorded by Imam Ahmad. Number two, the second sign of Imam Mahdi, the battle in Mina. Before Imam Mahdi emerges, an internal, an inter-tribal fight will take place. This will occur in the same year Hajis will be looted. And a battle will erupt in Mina, in which many people will be killed. Amr ibn Shaib reported from his grandfather that Rasulullah said, in Dhul-Hijjah, the Islamic month, the 12th Islamic month, the tribes will fight. Hajis will be looted and there will be a battle in Mina in which many people will be slain and blood will flow until it runs over Jamratul Aqaba, the big shaitan. Their companion, referring to Imam Mahdi, will flee to a point between the corner and the maqam and will be forced to accept people's allegiance. This is in Kitab al-Fitan by Nu'aym ibn Hammad. The third sign, the Euphrates will disclose a mountain of gold. The final hour will not come until the river Euphrates, which flows from Syria, which flows through Syria and Iraq and finally opens up in the Gulf, will disclose a mountain of gold over which people will fight and die. Abu Huraira reports that Rasulullah said, This shall not occur until the Euphrates will disclose a mountain of gold over which people will fight. Ninety-nine out of every hundred shall die. And every one of them shall say, Perchance I shall be the one to succeed. This hadith of Imam Muslim. In another narration, we have been told that whoever is present at that time when the Euphrates discloses a mountain of gold should not take the gold. There's a title in the news recently, Euphrates Gold Found, Islamic and Bible Prophecy. Euphrates will become dry and reveal treasure of gold. Islamic and Bible prophecy that Euphrates will become dry in preparation for the battle of Armageddon and will reveal a treasure of gold. Whoever sees it should not take anything from it. This is a hadith in Bukhari and is also echoed in the Bible. We look in Revelation, Chapter number 16, verse number 12. It is prophesied that the Euphrates will dry up in preparation for the battle of Armageddon. And I quote these words. And the sixth angel poured out, of, poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Euphrates gold found, drought reveals Iraqi archaeological treasures. The receding waters of the Euphrates rivers have revealed ancient archaeological sites, some of which were unknown until now. The area is rich with things. You can find jewelry, 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 jewelry coins and documents. All the things are temptations 
for professional thieves. This is an article recently discussed and documentary was given upon on NPR.org. The fourth sign of Imam Mahdi, the emergence of the Sufyani. Sufyani are the descendants of Abu Sufyan. They will emerge before Imam Mahdi from the depths of Damascus. According to some weak narrations, his name will be Urwa ibn Muhammad and his kunya will be Abu Utbah. The hadith regarding the Sufyani specify that he is a tyrant who will spread corruption and mischief on the earth before Imam Mahdi. He'll be such a tyrant that he will kill the children and rip out the bellies of women. When he hears about the Mahdi, he will send an army to seize and kill him. However, the earth will swallow this army before it can even reach Imam Mahdi. Abu Hurairah has reported, he has narrated that Rasulullah said, A man will emerge from the depths of Damascus. He will be called Sufyani. Most of those who will follow him will be from the tribe of Kalb, Banu Kalb. He will kill by ripping the stomachs of women and even killing the children. A man from my family will appear in the Haram. The news of his advent will reach the Sufyani and he will send to him one of his armies. Referring to him means Imam Mahdi. Imam Mahdi will defeat them. Then they will travel with whoever remains until they come to a desert and they will be swallowed. None will be saved except the one who has informed the others about them. This is a hadith in Mustadrak. So in conclusion, my dear brothers and sisters and friends, all that has been mentioned today is from the trials of Dajjal. So as we see what we are witnessing happening around us in this world today, in confusion and utter dismay, one should be forced to ask this question, how do we prepare ourselves and protect our loved ones from this horror? We turn to the hadith that Imam Tirmidhi has recorded, hadith number 2146, narrated by Abu Darda that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, he who recites three verses at the beginning of Surah Kaf will be protected from the trials of Dajjal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us and enable us to understand the severity of this manner give us ability to hold on to Surah Al-Kaf, to recite it on a daily basis. May He protect us from the fitna of Dajjal and from witnessing the emergence of Dajjal. Wa akhiru da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.